Welcome to Kingdom.Think. Today we're going to do Numbers 27, 28, Psalm 75, and John 7. So we are on chapter 27. This is an interesting story, and I'm not even sure why they put it in here, but it's kind of cool because it kind of shows God's grace and his fairness, and yeah, it's very cool. Okay, so it's these two sisters, or actually, I don't know how many sisters, the daughters um are, so these daughters of who? Um, the daughters of Z- Z- Zelophah. Okay, so these daughters of Zelophehadad something. Um, their father died, and so they come to Moses and they say, Hey, look, our father died. He wasn't a bad guy. He wasn't a rebel. He was a good guy. He died in the wilderness, <clears throat> but he has no sons. So I think we should get the inheritance because it's not right that his name dies with him just because he doesn't have any son. So give us our property. So Moses didn't argue with him. He says, it sounds reasonable. Let me go take this to God. And and he comes to the Lord and he presents this case, explains it. And the Lord says, um, what they're saying is correct. What they're saying is right. You must certainly give them property as an inheritance among their father's relatives and give their father's inheritance to them. So why that's interesting is a lot of times we think that in the ancient days, people were terrible to women. Now, a lot of times the census is just counting the men. Why did they just count the men? Because the men were the ones who were fighting in the army, in the wars, in the army. So they needed to know the count of their their soldiers. The women didn't fight, so they didn't count them. But here they're showing a great respect for women, given the inheritance to the women. Okay. Um, so yes, 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 yes. And at this point, the Lord takes Moses up to the mountain. He says, look, see, this is the, this is the land that the people are going to get. Now, of course, we know Moses is not going to get to go in the land. And that's kind of disappointing. And we almost go like, that's not really fair. He did something dishonorable back at the, the water of Kadesh, a few chapters back. He did something that was dishonorable. And God said, okay, you know what? There's consequences for being disrespectful and being dishonorable. So you're not going to get to enter the promised land. Now notice that Moses never seemed distraught about it. He never seemed to go and beg God, please, please let me get into the promised land. Clearly Moses knew his path. And yes, he probably was sassy and disrespectful. And and it was okay because not going into the promised land, that's fine. That just means he gets to rest when he dies. That means he gets to be in God's presence all the time and not have to work so much. So Moses knows his role, but not being able to go in the promised land and then God repeats it here. The Lord repeats it and it says, this is why you're not going to get to go. And Moses is probably like, I know, I know I was disrespectful. That's okay. I know my job. But he says, but we need to put someone else in charge because you can't just send these people in wandering around. Moses has such a heart for these people. It was a great burden. It was a very difficult job, but he has such a a burden for these people. And he says, we need to put someone in charge that can lead them into the promised land. And um, it was Joshua. So the Lord chose Joshua because he has a spirit of leadership. I love that. He has a spirit of leadership. So that's what happens in chapter 27. Joshua gets um, 
anointed, I guess, um, to be the leader as they go in to, to the promised land. Not, not yet, but when that happens. Okay, and then chapter 28, <laughs> another simple chapter. You can read it because it's interesting. But they go into specifics, how to make sacrifices on um, burnt offerings and things like that in, to honor God on the Sabbath the monthly offering, the Passover, the festival of the weeks. A lot of times we skip over all these um, sacrifices, ceremonious things. But I think the biggest thing we need to really impress upon is how much God wants us to put into our worship, into our honor of him, into time, money, energy, reverence, commitment, into living a life that honors God. Even like on the Sabbath, that's why we go to church. Even on the festivals, that's why even though they say, you know, Jesus didn't really die or wasn't really born on the December 25th, but still we need to honor Jesus on a specific festival day. It's not the specific day. Okay, well, you still need to honor Jesus on a specific day. And, you know, the Passover, and that's a monthly offering. That's why we do... Um, the communion, usually on the first Sunday of the month. So you see the ceremonies. So to God, ceremonies are a way of us stopping our day-to-day, busy, rat race, chaos, go, 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 distractions, and honoring God. Taking the time to honor God. That's the point of these sacrifices. And this is the way he taught them to honor God. So to us, it means nothing. Yes, we don't make burnt offerings anymore. Yes, we don't sacrifice animals anymore. But I still think that he's saying, take the time in your schedule. Block out time. Be specific. Uh, create ceremonies. You know, Create um, cu- um, customs and things like that. So I wanted to say that because chapter 28 is just talking about how to make burnt offerings. Super interesting. Okay. Chapter 75 of Psalms. Um, I'm just going to read it because it's not terribly long. We praise you, God. We praise you for the name is near. People tell of the wonderful deeds. You say, I choose the appointed time. Um, It is I who judge with equity when the earth and all its people quake. Okay. You know what? I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm not going to read the whole thing because I really, really want to get into John chapter 7. And I don't want this to be a terribly long podcast. So um, so read chapter 75. But I love it because he's just boasting about all God's greatness. And at the very end of chapter 75, verse 9, it says, As for me, I will declare this forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob who says, I will cut off the horns of all the wicked, but the horns of the righteous will be lifted up. So yes, God wins and he fulfills his promises. So here we are in chapter 7 of John. (laughs) So remember, they still, whoever, Jesus' followers still think that Jesus needs to show up as a big, powerful king. And they're like, come on, let's, but he knows people want to kill him. And they're like, that's okay, you're powerful, you're awesome, come on, let's go. Let's go to the, the festival of tabernacle. Um, in Judea. Well, Jesus didn't want to go to Judea yet. Or he didn't want to go in, in a big ruckus. And his disciples wanted him to go in a big ruckus. And he goes, no, no, you guys go. I'm not going to go. 
Um, he goes, come on, let's go. You got to show yourself to the world. And that was his brother who said that, Jesus's brother. And he's like, man, even though, even his own brother didn't really believe he was the Messiah. He goes, nope, it's not my time yet. Um, the people hate me. They don't hate you, but they hate me because I testify that its works are evil. They hate me because I'm, I'm putting a, a mirror, a flashlight on their evil. That's why they hate me. But they don't hate you. So you go to the festival. So they left, they went. And, and then Jesus went to the festival later, but he went incognito, kind of just wanted to check out the vibe. And when he got there, he heard the crowds whispering that Jesus was a good man, but other people were saying, no, he's a deceptive man. So he's just checking out the vibe. But then later on, towards the end of the festival, he comes out and starts speaking. And he starts speaking out at the festival. And these are some of the things that he says, because you can't summarize the things Jesus says sometimes, because they're just so profound. So verse 16, Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own deed or on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is the man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? The crowd says, you're demon possessed. Who is trying to kill you? And Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you are all amazed. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, you are angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Oh, stop judging by mere appearances but instead judge correctly. So basically he's saying, yes, because Moses' law of circumcision, you'll circumcise on the Sabbath because it came from Moses, but I heal a man's whole body and you're having issues because it's on the Sabbath? Get it together, he's saying. Get your story straight. Okay, moving down. Um, Okay, so now they're trying to question his authority because they're saying, hey, isn't he... They're trying to put the pieces together. You know, have mercy on them. They're trying to understand. They're like, wait, didn't he come from um, Jerusalem? But isn't the Messiah supposed to come from Bethlehem? But wait, aren't we supposed to not know where he's from? But we know they're confused. And Jesus says, I'm with you for only a short time. And then... then I'm going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. What? Where does this man think he's going that I cannot, that we cannot find him? What is he talking about? And what, ima- what does he mean we cannot go where he's going? <laughs> well, Jesus keeps speaking, and but it's eloquent, and it's puzzling people, and it's people are pondering. And then he does it again. Oh, Jesus. He just says it again. He just, he says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. 
Can you imagine what that would be like to hear that? By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified yet. So people are saying, is he a prophet? Well, no, he's the Messiah. Ugh, how can he be the Messiah when he came? Okay, so now they're saying, trying to figure it out. They don't get it. Um, and then, of course, the Jewish leaders, they totally are confused. So the Jewish, um, uh, the guards go back to the ferret, the go back to the chief priests. And then the chief, the Pharisees says, why, why didn't you bring him in? Why didn't you arrest him? Well, because he speaks very eloquently and I don't know. No one ever spoke like him before and the crowds and the moms and yeah. So that's what's going on right now in the life of Jesus in the book of John. So there you have it. That was Numbers 27, 28, Psalm 75, and John 7. I'm telling you, you got to read the book of John over and over and over because this is Jesus walking on earth and so much is being said. So great. You got to read it.